We are just two sisters by choice, not by blood, sharing our deepest confessions of how changing our mindset and studying manifestation changed our worlds and realities forever. We are obsessed with showing you how mindset and manifestation can bring you the life you've always wanted. Let us show you the way to your dream reality, one episode at a time. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are fully into the mist of December now, and I came around to Katie's today, and she's got all of her Christmas presents out on the side. I've been having a wrapping weekend. (laughs) You're just so organized. I haven't even started. Molly's birthday is the 28th of December, so I feel like this time of year is so... I wrap up presents, and then I forget what I've wrapped because I have to do double presents for birthdays as well so I've literally got like a little black book where I've got everything written down yeah that's a little hack for you guys actually as well buy yourself a little pocket book and write down the presents that you've got because actually I tick them off as I've wrapped them and it makes me feel so good ticking things off the list and then being like right that's done and then I just know I can just go back to it and go right actually that's what I've bought that's what I've spent and I don't need to do any more that is a really good if I start too early I'm then like I forget what I've even bought people Don't and then I so have more times. and it's just you can't too much too much too much too spicy so this year I literally haven't even started and I really should I've been asking everybody what their little Christmas lists are but everybody's been a bit terrible this year actually with like yeah, I don't tell I, me what they want. I've not told my mum what I what I'd like. But do you know what I've really enjoyed is going on like places like anthropology. I could just send that to my mum and say, actually just buy me anything from there. Yeah. Um Space NK, Anthropology, and where else have I loved looking? Just for like other people's presence, I've been going on there yeah. and actually just thinking, Wow, I would actually have anything from there. It's gorgeous. Very true. I yeah. sent mum to quarterly for oh, yeah. birthday yeah. presents. I've got some gorgeous sets, which was really, really nice. But yeah, so we're we're in full swing of December and today we actually wanted to talk about unlocking your manifestations by listening to your inner voice. Now, this is something that's so important to I think learn about and embrace because one big part of this is actually being able to listen to our subconscious or our intuition as such. So we're going to kind of deep dive into that and Katie's got a fantastic story that is really quite mind-blowing actually but allows us to see uh, I guess magic behind being able to harness both sides Mm. of you know intuition and then logic as well definitely so for anyone that listened to the manifesting with your besties podcast you will recognize the story but to be honest Amy and I went back and listened to that podcast and it's so good to go back over things and it actually reminded us yesterday when we were listening to it that it doesn't matter being told the same thing twice because you pick up things even from ourselves six months ago eight months ago whenever we recorded that podcast you pick up things different things and you remember different things and it gets you thinking in a different way and um, so hopefully this won't be repetitive for you I know it won't be because it wasn't for us even listening to ourselves was it there was so much on yeah. that I had totally forgotten about me too and this is um I guess a really kind of positive part now that we are able to go back over a few episodes that we did now, like a few years ago. Mm. But also we've learned so much in that time as well that we can now, you know, like really kind of enhance on what we spoke about. Yeah. So it's very exciting. It is. So the story began 
the beginning of this year where I actually went for a massage. I was really, really struggling with my back. Obviously, I do a huge amount of driving. So mm. I get really, really tense in my back and shoulders. And I actually have to remind myself to actually breathe a lot of the time because I am terrible for holding my breath. Um, it's a really weird thing, but just hold that thought because I'll come back to that later. Um, but as a consequence, I'm very like up rounded shoulders and my back is so stiff that it's actually hard to get your hands in my back sometimes because it's so tense just from driving the whole time, basically just being so sedentary. Yeah, That's the same for so many people now because there's a lot of people who will sit at the chair all day long in front of their laptop, which is why standing desks now are absolutely incredible. If you've got the opportunity to work that way, I would definitely recommend it. Anyway, I went to this massage lady and she actually said to me after the massage finished, have you been in a car crash? I was like, oh my goodness, no, not, <laughs> yeah. not that I'm aware of. And she said, well, you've actually got your back's really, really bad. You need to go to a chiropractor. Um, you've got a winged shoulder blade, which I think is fairly common. But anyway, she said, your back's in bits. You need to go to a chiropractor. Massage is great, but you need more. So I hadn't been to a chiropractor for about 10 years. Uh, well, I haven't been to, well, now I have. But at that point, I hadn't been to a chiropractor for 10 years. And I uh, immediately came, to, this guy came to my into my head who was someone that I'd seen when I was in my very, very early 20s. When I went to see him, just so you know, at this point, I was not really into manifestation. I was just maybe discovering the secret, but I was not in tune. I was not awakened. I was kind of not spiritually connected in any way. I was just a normal girl going out, getting drunk and living my life. (laughs) So anyway, I um, immediately thought of this guy because I remembered from 10 years prior that he kind of held this real like, I don't know, just I remember him being a real sort of positive, lovely, calming influence. And I thought I really liked that guy. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, I knew exactly where he lived, but I had no idea other than that, what really anything about him didn't have his number or anything saved in my phone. When I got back, from the massage, I said to Scott, I need to go and see a chiropractor. He said to me, well, there's loads of chiropractors in Basingstoke. Just just Google it. And I was like, no, I feel really drawn to go and see this guy that I saw 10 years ago. And he was like, right, okay. <laughs> you <You're> so <laughs> weird. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this guy? Anyway, I uh, put some stuff into Google and managed to find him. Um, I think I must have Googled the, I think I looked on Google Maps actually and found the road name um, and Googled the road name and cut the word chiropractor. And then he came up. And as soon as it said Darren Griswood, I was like, that's him. That's the guy. So I then went on and booked my appointment um, and I went to go and see him. I think it was almost that week. Um, So as I walked into the house, he actually his, his PA opened the door who's this like little old lady and it's a really nice farmhouse that he lives in and works from beautiful and walked in and immediately I felt his presence even though he hadn't even come out yet so I was like oh my god I was actually like quite excited because I thought I wonder if he's going to remember me anyway he opened the door and if I just explain what he just so you can kind of picture He's a really, really tall guy. He's probably six foot three. He has a really long beard, like kind of like 
Amy said last time, he sounds like Gandalf. Yeah. He's got a long beard with like bands, rubber bands, like bobble braids, bubble braids in his beard. Um, but he's just, yeah, anyway, he's just a very, he's definitely got like a white aura around, mm. you know, like a white, yeah, that, that kind of presence, golden yeah. white aura around him. It's an incredible presence of this particular chap. So anyway, I walked into his room and he said, hello, Katie, how have you been? And I was like, oh, he does know I've been here before. Anyway, he then goes into his folder and pulls out the notes on me from 10 years prior and said, you've got a daughter called Molly. You work in recruitment. You do lots of driving. You get horse, you're into horse riding and you had a problem with your left elbow. You had carpal tunnel nine years ago. So how's that for you? I was like, bloody hell. Wow. So immediately I felt really kind of calm because I thought, right, okay, he knows exactly what's going on. He knew that I was kind of out of alignment last time. So anyway, I was only there, remember, to talk about the my back at that yeah. point. But as we were sat chatting, I looked around and I was like, gosh, there's loads of crystals in this room. Is he is he what I think he is? Is he is he does he manifest? <laughs> is he a mindset? Yes. So anyway, it was on the tip of my tongue. He was asking me loads of questions about my health. I then was like getting really excited because I couldn't wait to ask him. And I was like, so tell me about the crystals. And he was like, oh, well, I'm, I am a, oh God, not a guru. I can't remember the name. What did he say he was? Like a spiritual. He was spiritually awake. He Mm. was a, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the word he used. But anyway, he then said, are you are you into all of this sort of thing and I said yeah absolutely and kind of explained uh, what we were doing at the time and the fact that I'd gone through this awakening and that I was kind of really in tune with spirit now and also not just spirit but also you know with vibration and you know being connected to all of that type of energy etc anyway as he was uh, doing clicking me back into place he was like oh my goodness you are really your body is really out of alignment now I found that really interesting because we are going around, going about our day, trying to get our mind, body, soul in alignment. When a lot of the time, like we could be walking around and our bodies are actually totally out of alignment. The physical is yeah. so out. Yeah. Physically. Right. So mentally, we're trying to put everything into alignment. But yeah, physically, absolutely. It can be totally out of whack. So I need to go back again and do that. But I really found that so interesting. So. What I then started discussing with him was the fact that I was still struggling with my carpal tunnel because I was getting the shaking feeling in my hand. So after he'd put me back into alignment, we went and sat down and we were discussing it. And he was like, "Okay, that's really interesting. Can you talk to me more about it? And I said, well, to be honest, the shaking thing is more of a recent thing. And I hadn't really thought to tell I was actually going to go to the doctors about it not to not really to discuss it with him but because it was kind of I felt really at ease I was just discussing pretty much everything and anything at that point (laughs) (laughs) what do you want to know what do you want to know (laughs) so I said basically my hands get so so shaky to the point where the time I was actually convinced I had some horrendous problem like Parkinson's genuinely I was googling at this point because it was so bad that in the mornings, I remember the day before we went to Scott's, we, Scott had a birthday brunch and I remember woke up that morning and I was holding a coffee and one of Scott's friends was sat next to me and was like, are you okay? 
because my coffee cup was like all over the place. Wow. Uh, and then I remember also speaking to my sister about it and being like, have you ever struggled with this? Because um, like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm really shaky. And I knew she had mentioned it before. So she actually had a similar thing. Anyway, he said to me, it's nothing to do with your carpal tunnel. That's actually something totally different. That is basically conflict going on in your head. Keep a note of when it happens. And I also do something called spiritual therapy. So if you're interested, come back and we can talk about when it happens, why it happens and get you a resolution for it. And I was like, oh, okay, fine, no problem. So finished my session of chiropractory or whatever it's called and <laughs> booked in straight away because I was like, that sounds really interesting. But he didn't give anything away other than that. So I went home, told Amy about it. And naturally, being the per type of person that I am, I need an answer immediately for everything. So he'd mentioned the word conflict resolution. And I was all over Google. I was trying to find out what the hell that actually meant. Because the way that my brain works is that I can't have anything. Everything has to have facts. Everything has to be backed up. Everything has to has a, have a reason. And yeah. um, it can't just be. So <laughs> I remember looking through and it was like, there was like conflict resolution for lawyers and like how you, it was completely, it was, and then I was like, no, I want spiritual. What is this? Anyway, couldn't find what it actually really meant, but then had my appointment. I think it was the following week. So went back to him and, and sat down ready, ready to go. He took me back into his office and again immediately I walked back in and I felt so at ease and as I sat down he said to me right before we start I want you to look out of the window and what tell me what you can see and I was like okay well I can see the trees look at the door what can you see and I was like well I can see the door I can see the handle and he was like okay now remember that handle you can pull down and leave at any point are you okay I was like yeah fine oh I love that so nice. his way of basically saying, you know, safe space, safe space, you're absolutely fine. And he then went on to kind of describe what conflict resolution was. So it's about becoming familiar with two sides of your brain. So on your left hand side, you have your big sister. That's what we're going to tell. We're going to refer to them in this podcast. And on the right hand side, you have your little sister. Your left hand side to your big sister is the basically your conscious mind. That's your autopilot. That's the bit of your brain, part of your brain that you're using every day. For me, that part of my brain is really present. It's very logical. It's very analytical. It's my ego. It's my comfort zone. But it is also my fear and my doubt, which always masks itself as a friend. So fear and doubt will always mask itself in your mind as something that's trying to help you. Um, but actually, a lot of the time, it's preventing you from getting to your goals it can be stopping you from taking opportunities because it's saying get back into your safe space and so that's your big that's your big sister your little sister is your subconscious mind and that is much less active uh, when you become sort of move into your late sort of adolescence or your early teens by the time you're in your 20s that really isn't active much each day you have to Try and get that part of your brain, like a muscle, activated and moving and using it as much as possible. Um, but that side is your intuition. Um, it's kind of like all of that creative stuff. It's, it's what pushes you to take risks. And 
it's most active just before you go to sleep and just after you wake up. And otherwise, during the day, it's not particularly something that we use that much. Uh, But for me, I have really quieted that side of my brain. And that's where this conflict first started. I do find that so interesting because Katie and I actually do a lot of research on ego, especially. And ego is all about, it always says to stay in the comfort zone for us. And something that we as humans, it's so interesting. Everything that we think that we desire, uh, well, not everything that we think we desire, sorry, you know, 80% probably of what we feel like we desire or where we think looks like the right place to get to in life is because of what we see from others. Mm. Okay. So like what car people drive could be then initiates the desire for us, right? We're constantly looking at others and seeing what's going on. And the ego is naturally saying, okay, that's what everybody else likes. So that's what we should like, because that's a safe zone. Everybody else is doing it. Like we will just fit in. We can just go with the flow. We don't need to worry. Everybody else is doing the same thing. And like, I think something that there's only a very small part of the population as well that will continue to try and change and develop and learn new things. And something that's really interesting, like when we talk about the rewiring of our brain and like Katie mentioned there around how the subconscious mind is actually so quiet for for most of us, it's actually that learning and developing something new helps us to continue to create these new neural pathways, which all in all is actually working within the subconscious mind because it's all around the creative, it's all around the learning piece. So it is really interesting that if we continue to let this conscious and this ego and this kind of day-to-day drive us, that's all we're ever going to do. We're never going to step outside of that, of those boundaries. And something that truly reminded us yesterday, listening back to this podcast as well, it like blew our mind that, I'm going to give you a really crazy stat here, okay? So 1% of the population are the high flyers, the multi-millionaires, billionaires doing obviously anything and everything that they want. They've got every single car, they've got every single house in every single country, We see that 1% as 90% of our social media. Wow. So I'm going to say that again. One, that those 1% of people that are the high flyers, we see 90% of that on our social media because that's the only thing that people want to portray. Or like, for example, I follow the Kendall Jenners. I follow the Kim Kardashians. I follow you know, Bill Gates or, you know, whoever it might be, I follow all of these people. So like naturally, as I say, 90% of my social media, I'm seeing just that 1% bracket of people that are fucking living the like the nuts life. Do you know what I mean? Like the absolute billionaire, trillionaire people. And it's so damaging because that's what we're in taking. And something that I just want to mention before quickly, before Katie just jumps back into to kind of where they went to next. But if we actually take a step back and look at what was happening in the 50s and the 60s, Mm. even in the 70s, okay? So like, what would your life have been like? Okay, maybe you're a factory worker as a man, you'd go to work, you know, typically then women work in like, I don't know, a bread making place or something like that. It It was some sort of factory, right? You'd be working in. And you would see life in a totally different perspective because you're not seeing the glamorous, that that 1% of people were still there. So like the multimillionaires or, you know, what the equivalent was then, the royal family, you know, the, the Rothschild family and all that, they were already there living that glamorous lifestyle, but we couldn't see it. So you're actually so much more fulfilled with what you're 
day-to-day life was because you weren't kind of seeing all of that. And obviously there, there were then the people that, you know, are taking risks and are doing bigger things. But what I'm trying to say is that we have to be really careful about what we're intaking here as well, because that conscious mind and that ego is constantly going to be naturally driving us. And most of the time, nowadays, those people are all living in credit. That's not all necessarily their money. You know, you don't ever know kind of what's going on behind the scenes. You know, a mortgage is debt. A car is debt if you've got it on finance or whatever. Like, do what is right for you and what feels comfortable for you at this time is kind of what I just wanted to say on that big old side note. It's such a big piece, though, because I think that credit is can be the most incredible thing and actually it's it's how a lot of these millionaires make their money yeah. is by using credit to get them to make themselves richer using someone else's money to yeah to get rich but it's actually a very smart yeah move it is you don't get taxed on credit but only if you're using it in the right way yeah. if you're using it to buy i don't know a materialistic object to make yourself look as though you are part of that fitting into that cultural you know, that cultural thing where it's uh, it's all ego. Yeah. It's all, are we being driven by the right things? Exactly. Do the material things really matter? And actually for Amy and I, it's so interesting now looking back on when we first started to where we are now, I guess it becomes less important as you get older as well. I don't know. Or is, is it because we've done lots of work too? There might be both parts of that probably leading to the answer there. But I certainly am not driven by materialistic objects in the same way I was, you know, I, I still have designer bags, but actually most of most of those things have been gifted to me yeah. by family or by Scott. It's definitely a change of mindset that that's not all that drives you. Mm. I think before younger is growing up, like that would be the golden goal, you know, yes. that would sit up on a pedestal. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still want it. I'd still love to have yeah, it's just not the number bags. one priority anymore, no, which is where it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, just think it's very interesting, and you know that there's truly got to be kind of no judgment, and it feels very unattainable these days. But actually, it is attainable. We've just got to focus on the right things and change our mindset, and and actually what we put our focus on day to day. One thing that I do just want to add in as well is. Like Katie referred to the little sister, it's actually allowing that little sister to come through and have a seat at the table. And it's quite interesting because that could be a reason of blockers and why we aren't letting her have a seat at the table is potentially because we've got maybe some some trust issues there, perhaps. Yeah. So this was kind of the conversation that he had with me was, it sounds like that was that was the exact word to use. It sounds like you're not letting her have a seat at the table, your little sister. And why is that? And I suppose for me, it was it was all a trust element. And that came from trauma. But I didn't realize that. So it was basically three questions that he was asking me that it started to all unfold, that there was some real blockers from my previous I say my previous life because my previous life, my life has been in chapters. Your life will have worked in chapters. Generally, this is in seven year cycles. I see mine as 10. Um, but if you just take a moment when you get a chance to quiet your mind to look at your life in seven year chapters, or if it's 10, whatever, however yours might be nine, it's really interesting to start viewing your life almost as things that have happened in the past that then feel like a previous life because they hold no power. 
Now, if I'd had this same conversation with you when I first recorded, when we first recorded the last podcast, it was still holding some power because I hadn't done the work. Whereas now it's really funny that immediately my brain goes to talk about it as a previous life because yeah. that's due to the work that I've done. that I've managed to release all of that and it now literally has no power over me at all. Um, so the the trust element for my my little sister the reason I didn't trust her was because of um when I was nine years old my my parents got divorced and I had overheard a conversation that I would say was probably the pivotal moment of them kind of going right this is it done yeah and I remember sitting at the top of the stairs and overhearing this conversation, it being very loud. I don't remember the context of, you know, I do actually remember the context, but I don't remember the words that were being said particularly. I just remember the volume and I remember the feeling and I remember feeling so incredibly vulnerable and running upstairs to my brother because I didn't want to go down and inter- I felt like I was naughty listening to it. So I ran upstairs to my brother and got him to go downstairs. Um, and then everything from there unraveled. And that was kind of the end of my parents' marriage. Now, I don't really have any memory of my childhood prior to that moment, other than holidays in Portugal. We used to go every year. Uh, certain moments with my with my siblings, I definitely remember a lot with my mum. To be honest, I have no memory really of my dad being there. I know he was. In fact, my sister said yesterday, oh, don't you remember dad used to come over on Christmas morning? Um, before before he moved to America and I was like did he my god I think I didn't question it but I thought bloody hell really don't have any memory of that no (laughs) but that's just that your way of sometimes trauma can you know be blocked out in so many different ways this is interesting actually I just want to add in here that if so this guy has actually said something that we thought was the opposite but he said if there is like a part of your childhood that you do not remember actually potentially that is because you're blocking it out because it was a dramatic event yeah. and there was us like oh if you don't remember your childhood you have a great childhood <laughs> that's what I said it wasn't it we were like really yeah oh my god okay there's us thinking we've been merrily going through life thinking oh my goodness yeah, I don't remember my child it must have been fantastic actually no not the case it's usually trauma now childhood trauma is very very different to adult trauma childhood trauma can literally be your parents being late to pick you up from school or it can be I don't know just something scary happening you overhearing a conversation it could be your parents card being declined in the shops that is all very very traumatic whereas an adult that's kind of wouldn't you would let that go of your head and it wouldn't affect you particularly but for a child those things can be described as child childhood trauma that can be carried forward into your adult life so uh, when you're thinking about trauma remember the moments where you felt vulnerable and it's actually quite difficult to do this so we'll go back into this in in a minute once we've kind of gone through the next stage so basically moving back to little sister so subconscious mind as I said earlier is most active until you're aged seven then what happens is your conscious mind so your autopilot starts to take over and that consistently wants to be fed with facts and logic and it will search for the answers to things for you all day long so if you are looking for something if something if you need to find the answer for something or you know someone's asked you a question without realizing it your brain is going to be trying to answer those questions for you by putting the answers in front of you and leading you to 
the right direction, basically. Uh, it's very, very loud. And for me, my conscious mind is shouting all of the time. My brain is my natural dialogue in my head is, is quite noisy because I'm a quite a busy person. I've always got lots going on. I like being on the go. So naturally, my autopilot is always saying, right, we need to do this next, this, 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 this next, this next, and then, you know, move on to the next thing. So always in my head, there's a lot going on. There's not actually that much room or I wasn't making enough room for my subconscious mind to even come through. Uh, Your subconscious has no concept of danger. It has no concept of, you know, what is uh, all facts and logic. Basically, it's the complete opposite to your conscious mind. And it's just it's very childlike. It's very creative and it's intuitive, which is the biggest word. So it's constantly looking for you to trust it and it's going to give you the right answer it's going to give you the same answer as your subconscious generally or better because the answers come from you within rather than from (laughs) facts and logic which isn't always right anyway when I sat down we're back in the room with Darren now he'd asked me a few questions and then he got me to do this exercise so he said to me put your palms put your hands out palms up and I want you to picture your big sister, your conscious mind as a, as you. And I want her to walk out down your shoulder and down your left arm. And then I want her to be stood on your palm and I want you to visualize it. And I thought to myself, fuck's sake, if there was anyone else sat in this chair, if my sister was sat here, she'd be like, you're mental, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking, we get in there with myself in these situations. It's just insane actually like yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. anyway that here she comes and I'm like wow okay right and he's like what is she wearing well she's in jeans she's in my black Russell and Bromley boots she's wearing my coat and she's got a woolly jumper on I'm like he's like okay perfect what does she smell like well she smells like Jo Malone's Scarlet Poppy because that's the perfume I wear And he said a series of questions asking me about her so that I could kind of familiarize myself with her. And then he got me to do exactly the same thing with my right hand. And that was my little sister. Get her to walk out. She appears. And he said, what does she look like? What's she wearing? And I was like, well, she's the younger version of me and she's wearing a pink dress. And he said, does she smell like? And I was like, hmm, I don't know what she smells like, but I can see that she is, she's stood in my childhood home. And he was like, good. And then he said, what is big sister? So back to the other hand, what is she saying to you when you're asking her these questions? Like, how is she? What does she feel like? And I'm like, yeah, but she's not actually physically moving. Her mouth isn't moving. And he's like, yeah, but what's coming into your head? Because for me, like, it has to be factual. If she, if her mouth isn't moving, but I've got things coming into my head, then for me, I have to get him to affirm back to me that that's still correct. Because even then I'm still looking for logic. So for him, he was like, right, trust your intuition and know the voice that's appearing in your head is what she's saying. It doesn't have to be what you expect it to look like with her mouth (laughs) physically moving. So it's so true that constantly, like I'm always looking for something to be like factually correct and exactly how I imagine it. The perfectionist in me, again, always comes through that I have to learn to quieten sometimes. So we're talking then to little sister and 
she's in my childhood home she's wearing a pink dress which I then said to him is this like would that dress be something that was mine when I was little and he was like oh yeah definitely um because I didn't recognize it but it was dressed how my mum would have dressed me (laughs) and then basically what then slowly started to happen is a number of questions were being asked between the two big sister little sister and then I had to bring them both together so my hands were touching each other now and he said can you have them to have a get them to have a conversation and talk to one another and he said the question I would like you to get big sister to ask little sister is can little sister trust big sister sorry trust little sister to have a seat at the table can little sister show up as much as big sister's showing up and get big sister to just quieten down a little bit and let her have some space to be intuitive and be creative and be playful and my hands started furiously shaking at this point no way so it goes back to all of that conflict of the fact that my subconscious mind just wants to be in charge it wants to be dominant yeah. And that's where all the shaking was coming through. And so when we got asking a few more questions, he said, look at your hands. Can you like, can you see your hands shaking? And I was like, oh my God. Yes, that's absolutely crazy. So he said, basically, you need to get them to, you need to understand what's happened here. So big sister was blaming little sister for the events that had happened in the past. And my sub, my subconscious, my conscious mind basically was, not trusting my intuition because my intuition was the curious side of me and when I got them talking what my little my big sister had said was that little sister always got us into trouble little sister was the reason so she was very blaming little sister was the reason that we heard overheard conversations that we shouldn't have overheard little sister was the reason that we got our situate ourselves in situations that we shouldn't have got ourselves into um, and little sister, so my subconscious mind was then saying, big sister's so loud. She's always talking over me. She's, it's too noisy. Mm-hmm. I can't come forward because it's just this other voice, which is my conscious mind is just too loud. There's yeah. no space. So because there's so much blame going on in my head there, it's really difficult to find, I think, I suppose, reason for me to use my intuition because it's just so fucking noisy the rest of it so it's trying to find reason to keep me safe constantly my big sister and actually I at this point realized that I needed to apply facts and logic to my past situations and actually stop her from blaming me or blaming me I'm talking about me as little sister now you can see the change in my in my dialogue because he was listening to me at the time and going you are labeling yourself as big sister that is your identity yeah you're not allowing your identity of little sister to come in uh, it's just so you have to listen to your own language as well because that was little sister talking there literally yeah. physically you just heard her as yeah. she was blaming me yeah because that's my creative intuitive side coming out so very interesting but Amy's got an incredible story about Joe Dispenza that she knows well. I was well. just about to say that. Yeah. You truly took the words out. So Joe Dispenza is an incredible scientist, author as well. He, he has a great book. And it's all around basically retraining your mind. And all of the things that we talk about in terms of rewiring our, our brain, a lot of that research has actually come from what Joe Dispenza has done, which is incredible. So he had a terrible accident where he was paralyzed. and he basically turned around and said to himself, like, this is not going to be the end of me. I'm going to walk again. I'm going to be a normal functioning human being. 
and there's literally no other way around it. So the brain, like Katie mentioned, I think at the beginning of this episode, the brain is a muscle and we just have to train it. So actually training the brain is the subconscious. It's the creativity. It's the intuition. It's all of that side. And so what we talk about to create a new neural pathway, neuroplasticity is created and these new neural pathways are created by continual repetition. So that is why affirmations work. That is my repeating to ourselves, you know, in this theta brainwave state helps us to create those new neural pathways in our belief system. Okay. These literally are created in the brain, new, new nerve endings. It's really fascinating. It blows my mind every day. So anyway, what Joe has decided to do is that I'm going to put this to the test. Basically, he has sat down. I truly believe it was for six months. And he would sit down three to four hours a day training his brain to create these new neural pathways, but not in the sense of like creating new. Well, it was creating a new belief, sorry, but actually it was allowing his body to reconnect these nerve endings that were damaged and broken, creating new ones that allowed him to walk again. He literally did that. He literally did that, honestly. And there's people that have like healed, like things like blindness. They've they've started seeing again, haven't they? Exactly. There's honestly like people that have healed who have recovered from um, cancer. That, yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible. The power of brain is actually insane. And for many years, they thought that these new neural pathways could not be created after that kind of age of seven to ten, basically mm-hmm. after your your brain was you know fully formed. But now we obviously know in modern day science that that is true. And this is how we can create a new reality for ourselves. But something that is very interesting, like we mentioned at the very beginning, if you do not have a 100% commitment to doing this, like Joe was doing this three to four hours a day, probably more some days, I, I would suspect if that's all that you've got, you know, that you're doing right now, obviously, he probably wasn't back to work. He probably wasn't doing anything because he couldn't. He was paralyzed. So if you are not 100% committed to creating this new life for yourself, then you won't get there, right, as well. So something that I do find very interesting is that big sister is probably suppressing our intuition and our subconscious to stay in that safety zone. Uh, And everything for us must have an answer. And, you know, all of these things kind of leading up to it. But this is where our new habits and forming and creating new daily habits and and techniques and tips to keep driving ourselves forward, I think is going to continue to help. And I think one thing that's incredible about what Katie has gone and and done here, and I even said on the last podcast, I'm going to go see him. I didn't go, but I will. I'm going to go see him. Uh, I think it's really taking the time out to have these conversations with yourself and like really kind of deep dive. And we are going to do some shadow work in the like coming up in the next couple of months because we know how important those episodes are as well but it's really just gaining the belief and the confidence that you have this inside you and you don't have to run every day just with pure logic and having to find the answer to everything like we can take a step back and we can create our new reality truly through the power of our brain and i think for me this is always a bit of a reminder because my the way my brain works is i even with the science of manifestation, for example, I became so obsessed with trying to understand it to answer people's questions when they were saying, well, what is it? And why is that? And, and how does it work? 
I was always backing it up with with stats and and this is why and and this is you know this is these are the the things that the scientific things that have been done to prove that manifestation is real and this is the quantum physics that then went with that mm. uh, rather than just saying intuitively well actually you know this is my belief and this is how I feel about it and this is what it does for me which is a much easier way of putting it across to people rather than trying to shove facts of quantum physics down their throat to go yeah. well actually it is real <laughs> but it's just the way that my brain is. It's very logical a lot of the time. So it can just get so, so loud on that, on that conscious side for me. But what Darren said to me was that, you know, once you start getting your brain using these in a 50-50 way, then this is when all of that conflict will be resolved mm. and you will, your big sister and little sister finally have like a fun sibling relationship mm. where they can trust one another again. And once you get using both of those sides, it's so interesting how you, I now don't have to look for signs anymore. I previously relied so heavily on pink cars, for example, to tell me that I was going to have a good day. If I saw a pink car, it was going to be a good day. Or if I needed the answer to a question, if you see a pink car, that means yes, it's going to happen. And I relied massively on that rather than just asking little sister intuitively, is this going to happen? Am I on the right path? you know or or is this not right and now I picture the two of them because I know what they look like yeah. and you guys can do the same picture what they look like and ask them the questions I always say to little sister if I'm doing something now and she does this fun like little dance in my head of it's yes you're on the right track she does this little celebration dance whereas a no is like a big cross with her arms and I'm like okay fair enough it's not quite right and I can feel it inside of me as well. I get this funny feeling in my gut, like if it's exciting, you know, that butterflies yeah. feeling, or if I know that I'm doing something that maybe isn't quite right, it kind of, I do, I get that sinking feeling and I can feel her um, because I'm allowing her to come forward because I've stopped beating her into submission saying you're wrong because of facts and logic. And yeah, she comes forward now. So think about to yourself how much you feel you use both sides. And just kind of get your brain really thinking about these questions of why, if you don't trust your little sister, your intuition, what maybe events occurred for you in your seven year chapters that might have been the reason that you now hush that part of you? Did they get you in trouble like me? Were they too curious? Were they wild and free? Because in my next seven year chapter, I was I was a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> and she got me into trouble again. That's what, you know, big sister said. Mm. She got me into trouble again. And, you know, she she made stupid decisions. But actually, facts and logic now I can go back and say, well, actually, do you know what? Big sister, you're not quite right, because I wouldn't be where I am now without those decisions that I made. So okay. yeah, release those blockages that you've got. Forget, you know, just go through that. You have to face trauma head on sometimes and um, be gentle with yourself, but think you have to think back to it to actually allow yourself to move, move forward and free yourself from the past. Yeah. It's a huge, huge thing. So we will, as Amy said, go through shadow work because that is one of the biggest things that unlocked some powerful stuff wasn't it yeah and I think there could be potentially you know some big manifestations that you've been working towards for some time now and you're not really getting any further this could be the reason because there is a blocker there that subconsciously you're holding on to but the conscious mind is not letting you think about it yeah. and not letting you overcome it so this this truly could be the kind of gateway to the next step Definitely. And just to finally finish off with what happened with Darren is, you know, the end of the, the end of the, 
I was going to call it experiment there. At the end of the conflict <laughs> resolution, I stood up and I was like really blown away because I'd kind of been faced with trauma and faced with so much stuff that had happened from my past. Facts and logic were trying to overrule my brain still at that point. Intuition was suddenly shouting, which had never shouted before. She suddenly had a voice. So it was really incredible. And it was actually quite overwhelming. It was quite an overwhelming emotional feeling. So anyway, I stood up and I said, thank you so much. This has been incredible. When do I next come back? And he looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, when do I book in again? And he said, you'll know. (laughs) You'll know. Oh, Darren. I was like, he's good. He's bloody good. (laughs) So I I haven't been back (laughs) because I haven't needed to yet. To be honest, this has really, really reminded me that I need to, I'm not using her as much as maybe I should be. Um, it's a nice little refresh. It, it is a nice little refresh. I mean, I will definitely talk about this in the future. For any of you anxiety sufferers, hey, your girl, I'm with you. I'm 100% do struggle with that from time to time. And a lot of the reason for that is because I'm trying to predict future events and I'm, yeah, I'm terrible for it. But yeah. actually, intuitively, it's me ignoring my little sister, isn't it? It's um, me knowing, me trying to me trying to make up scenarios which make me feel anxious so um yeah sometimes it can be that too so it's reminded me that actually every time I feel anxious I need to have a chat with her too yeah so it's been really nice give yourself some time to yourself yeah exactly okay friends we've had a lovely episode again and we really hope you've enjoyed this one as much as we have it was such a really you know fun time going back over this and kind of relearning what we what we've yeah. before and you know some of the fun stories that we have Uh, And we will see you next week. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Just a reminder that for more content from us, head on over to the Mindset Sisters Patreon, where you can subscribe and listen to our secret weekday episodes and monthly courses. We'll see you there.